Welcome to the Inside Aesthetics Podcast. Our mission is to strip away the myths and hype that often surround the aesthetics industry. Inside Aesthetics aims to get to the bottom of the important topics that concern medical and allied health professionals, as well as the consumers themselves. We'll be showcasing the thoughts and experiences of experts in their respective fields. Each podcast will focus on a specialty, including surgery, non-surgical procedures, nutrition, well-being, and business knowledge from the personalities that have helped shape our industry. This podcast and its related publications provide news and general educational information about cosmetic procedures and well-being. It does not promote or endorse any cosmetic procedure, brand, or product. You should seek professional medical assessment before considering any treatment. Our guests today are Scott Ebenet and Jenna Duros. Scott and Jenna are a powerhouse couple who specialize in fitness, eating well, supplementation, as well as motivating and training others in achieving their health and fitness goals. Scott is a master coach, mentor, and motivator with a background in gymnastics at a national championship level, professional soccer in the Welsh Premier League, and spent eight years in the Australian Armed Forces, five of which were as a commando. Jenna is a health and fitness professional, model, and popular brand ambassador. Her contagious energy and enthusiasm enables her to generate a positive mindset into any group environment that inspires others. Both Jenna and Scott competed on the popular television show, Australian Ninja Warrior. So today we're joined by the generator and the commander. I've got, you guys sound like X-Men characters. <laughs> I think they use that on uh, Ninja Warrior as well, didn't they? Yes, generator they and the commando. They Everyone did. takes on little aliases on that yeah. show, but yeah. Well, that's us. Yeah. That is us. It is power couple. Yeah. You look like Power Rangers or like you could be some sort of super... In a good way. Yeah, yes. in a good way. And it's oh. not the bright spandex kind of neon outfits that you're wearing today. <laughs> and we're, Whatever superhero you want to pay me as, I'm so in. I'm and we're, so uh, we're heading more and more that way anyway. Yeah. The more you become more comfortable in your skin, you tend to, tend to head that way, especially in our realm, doing tr- crazy training moves and yeah. mindset techniques. But yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for coming all the way from Canberra. We're thank honoured. You. Well, they wanted to get out of the uh, Siberian winter. <laughs> Come up to it, see. Yeah. It actually wasn't too cold. I was there yesterday. It wasn't as cold as what it normally is oh, this time of year. I was actually no. pleasantly surprised it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. It's. I feel. I feel like it's just such a big difference going from Canberra to Sydney in yeah. weather. And I. I just. Sometimes I think, why did I move back to Canberra? <laughs> <laughs> but um, we. It's such a good place to live because we're in like the adventure capital first of all. But it, we're two hours from the snow. We're three hours from Sydney. Three hours from the coast. Really great hub. Yeah, yeah. and the food's so good there at the moment. Exactly. So many good restaurants. And we do have a massive drive behind us at the moment for like self-mastery. So anything that's a little bit more challenging, like the temperature, we see it more as a positive than a negative these days. So I'm having cold showers and I had yeah, they're good, have right? been having cold showers for a long time. Um, cold showers now, in Sydney is a lot different yes, than cold showers in Canberra. It's colder <laughs> in Canberra. Oh, wow. Yeah, and trying to hold that in the cold for 60 seconds, that's the trick yep. every morning. I can hear it. Do you do the um the cold and then the hot, then the cold and the hot? You no. actually feel your You can actually feel your vessels just like contracting and expanding. I have done a lot of um, <coughs> ice baths. With oh, right, soccer okay. training, used to play professional football and we had ice baths and different things set up yeah, for, right. um, for healing. But um, no, since then it's just been straight cold and then... Yeah. Uh, well, I'm Jewish. I originally did it to save money, but it's, it's apparently, <laughs> apparently there's some health benefits as well. <laughs> That's cold. I love it. So, so good. Yeah. I don't do the cold showers in the morning unless I'm, I'm in a warmer climate. Yeah. I'm trying to get Jake to do it, but uh, uh, get on it, Jake. Jake's built for comfort. I've yeah. got a lot to, to do before cold showers. <laughs> but I think that's, we're the, come that's on to the that. exact 
point and reason Absolutely. why people need to because they're like, no way. Yeah. Like, hands down, this I'm not doing it. This is going to be a very uncomfortable podcast yeah. for me. <laughs> so, that's yeah, that's, yeah, that's the dangerous thing. By the end of this, tomorrow morning, you'll be getting in a cold shower. I just know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Scotty, Scotty said to have a cold shower. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that one. <laughs> so do you guys, uh, well, maybe start with Jenna. Do you mm. want to just introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. And explain sort of, you know, how you got into... Well, what are you doing now? Yeah, look, so when somebody asks me what I do, I, it's that's a question that I find very hard to answer because I kind of touch in a lot of areas. So what I do is quite broad. However, um, I think I've been into fitness and, and sport and that sort of stuff since a very early age. Um, started off with competitive gymnastics. I was always into school sports, so athletics and all those sorts of things. I then went into racing BMX. Um, I was very into park blading and those sorts of things. So I was quite quite tomboyish, which I used to cop a lot of shit about at school. Yeah. Um, but I'm very glad for that now because um, it's definitely moulded me into the human that I am today. And I think that's definitely where I got my competitive edge was as a child. Um, it was always, you know, I was always into competing with other people, but now more so it's competing against myself. So it's me versus me yeah. in my world these days, which is really cool. And then um, energy outwards, so supporting other people along the way. Okay. And <clears throat> how about yourself, Scott? Yes, my backgrounds. For a 33-year-old, I've lived multiple lives. So um, like Jen, I didn't shy away from any sport, but more so very encouraged by my parents. But that was like, everything was a pretty high level. Um, and that's not to, to blow wind up my skirt, but just just by the means of yes, it. And yes. I was... I, I was <laughs> Only yeah, on Saturdays. Exactly. We'll wow. get into that later <laughs> in the podcast. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is going no, but I grew, up in, nice. I grew up in Terrigal, um, very supporting um, and sporting sporty community and um so anyway doing nippers you know um racing motorbikes playing soccer which i ended up taking overseas as well so that was part of what got me into the military was having the courage to do these things so i had many many sports on the fly as a youngster including gymnastics um to a competitive level up to the aos etc and then at 16 years of age after leaving school in year 10 and pursuing my soccer career i actually left school and my mum and dad got me a trainer, so a full-time coach who was actually my soccer coach at the time as well. Right. So rather than going to school, I was training, training, training throughout the week, plus playing games as many as I could get hold of. So at 16, I jumped on a plane and went to England mm. uh, by myself. Poor you. Yeah, exactly. With a bag bigger With than With a bag bigger than me. It, it had a big <laughs> orange sticker on it that said 52 kilos. And back then, you had to pay a little bit extra money yeah. to get it on the plane, but I wasn't going to pull the, uh, the choices of clothing that I wanted. I'm, I'm into my fashion, so I was like, I'm taking my entire world with me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, landing in Heathrow Airport and opening the black book, which was just full of numbers given to me by essentially my mum, who was a hairdresser. And as you know, hairdressers know everybody and know everything. So um, I just flicked through the book and found a place to stay and bounced my way around uh, England and Wales, finding a soccer team. Ended up, you know, landing um, in, in Wales, Welsh Premier League team, Port Talbot and around the uh, Swansea City um, as well. So Great. And how that was long, crazy. And then into the military from there. So how long uh, did you pursue the, this football? I'm going to call it football. I can't call it football. <laughs> yeah. Um, so since, I mean, five, five years of age is when we kicked off. And yeah. then I literally, yeah, took off the boots and hung them up at 17, uh, joined the army at 18 mm. and had an age waiver. So you had to be 19 to be a commando. Okay. And uh, back then they were running a scheme, um, direct recruiting scheme, which is a, a sort of a fast track way that you could enter the army, go through basic training, yeah. an advanced course to bridge the gap a touch and then straight into commando selection. And did you there. deliberately want to be that sort of elite force sort of soldier versus the regular, you know, 
army member, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, when we're growing up in, in those early ages where we take on the most information and actually shapes who we are, that's, it was always peaking to the top. Yeah. It was always, if it was nippers, it was nationals. If it was racing motorbikes, it was getting in amongst the best teams. If it was, you know, whatever it was, little athletics, it was taking that to the, you know, to the medals, for example, gymnastics, everything I did was like, I have to strive for that. Whether yeah. I wanted to or not, it was just part of who I was. And I got a lot of that from my father, even though he was in, more in the engineering space, he could build and do anything he would never have that can't do it sort of attitude it was like hey we need this he's like a bit of myself let's mm -hmm. do it and he would step into that so i guess i had a lot of that mentality that which pushed me into the sports though um but making the click from like saying football to to soccer was that emotional deta uh, detachment essentially so i never really had a much emotional connection as such in a negative way to be able to pull myself out of one sport and start another pull out of one start another get to the top turn it off, go another direction. Never really was an issue for me. So it was just about finding what I really loved. And when it came to my soccer career, I really loved the training more than the the game. I was going to say it's an interesting dynamic because everything that you said apart from the football is a very self-led, <clears throat> focused yep. uh, thing where you've got your own ambition. Whereas working in a team, it's a different dynamic, isn't it? Absolutely. And the team sports is where I thrive the most. I was, you know, sort of the captain. I played the sweeper role. I had the vision from the back. That's what I actually love to do the most. And that's what the military also offered me was full-time training, really pushing the boundaries of what humans are capable of, really getting involved with a team and supporting someone, having their six to the ultimate level, you know, going overseas. So the eight years of, um, of military was very high speed as well because when we got in, it was, you know, all the different um, tours were kicking off. So within five years, the Special Forces end up doing four tours, which is, you know, pretty substantial, pretty fast. Yeah, that's, so. a, lot of, that's a lot of... Uh that's a lot of grunt work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's ex that's what I was looking for. Right. That's where I thrive. I love that sort of go, go, go mentality. And now it's just, you know, f again, transitioning out of the army, it's kind of winding that pace down is the tricky part. Mm. Really harnessing that energy that's still there and still wants to go, go, go. Right. Bouncing and having the right people in around me to, to help me get there. So And so you guys um, met each other in, is it Ninja Warrior? Is that how you guys? Yes. Yep. Um, well, we face-to-face -face met each other in uh, training for Ninja Warrior. Right. So we had met uh, on social media a couple of years prior to that. Right. Um, and, and I think it was more so an attraction towards how we train because we both trained quite similar. Yep. Um, beast and beastette, I'd like to say. <laughs> yeah. beast um, so there was a lot of respect there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there was that communication over social media as there is um, yep. in our world today. <clears throat> and then when we found out, we'll both, we're actually, we're doing some collaboration. We're trying to do some collaboration with the military style events that Scott run at the time yep. um, and trying to get me along to attend one of those um, 48 hour immersion courses, which I did. And it was amazing. And now I'm a coach on those. Um, and from there, we both found out that we were on Ninja Warrior. So we started to train together. And what were the first words that I said to you when I first met you face to face? <laughs> That uh, how small I was. <laughs> oh my God, you're so small. Like, yeah, I was like, oh. That's, that's social media one-on-one, isn't it? You can be something <laughs> online and be something, you know, yeah, right. a little bit different in in, uh, in person. Yeah. But, um, no, yeah. she quickly followed it up with, no, no, you're still a beast. You still yeah. train hard, but you still just happen to be small. Can you? <laughs> yeah. Smaller than I thought. And then, of course, you know, um, it just become like we were just so got on so well yeah. that we just gelled so well together and from there on it was you know history so 
And what was that Ninja Warrior experience like for you? Well, can you explain what it is? I know what it is, but some people might not. Yeah, Australia. Well, Ninja Warrior um, started somewhat like 21 years ago, ago, um, Japan, um, and then went to America, so UK and all that sort of stuff. Um, So from there, I was like, oh, my God, this show is incredible. I had been watching it for years and years and years. And then they toyed with the idea of bringing it to Australia for a couple of years. And then when I heard it was coming, I'm like, I am going to be on that show. Um, So essentially it's a a number of obstacles that are just huge out of this world big Um, and you have to have some sort of athleticism to make your way through them. I watched your video before you came on today. And the size of those obstacles, that is a very tricky part, which I think that the, you know, at-home couch player doesn't get to experience is when you're standing down the chute, as they say, when you're looking at it, it's a completely different beast. Now, we only get, you don't get to uh, test it at all, but you do get to walk along the side and watch some of the creators of the course go through it and, and watch. And if you have any questions, they film you asking any questions and then move on from there. So when you're looking at you know, and you're standing next to it. These things can be up to 15 metres in length, like just for one obstacle, right? And then when you stand in the, you know, the chute and you look down and you don't have that side perspective, everything gets a little longer. Mm. That whole tunnel vision just stretches well out. And then, um, yeah, it's finding the distances. It's finding the pace in which to hit it. It's lasting the distance. But then you add the audience. Then you add the pressure of being on TV. They they do say that Ninja Warrior is the hardest obstacle course on the planet. And Mm. I would agree agree with that not against head-to-head like mud 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 runs and stuff like that but just for the pure fact that it's all the other elements like when the tv's on yes because I've been, I've been overseas in Afghanistan, right? And I know what it is to get my heart rate up. I know what it is when you're about to land and the ramp's going down, whether there's fire out there or there's not and all that sort of stuff. And I'm telling you, when you're on stage and before I've even run, my heart rate's up yeah, 130, right. 140, and I haven't started any physical activity yet. Yeah, right. So the stresses of the actual being on television, yeah. you've got stands of people, your friends, your family, people that have been watching you train for six months and Personal like, you're going to crush this. Your own goals. Oh, yeah, yeah. all that. You're, you're a commando. You're going to smash smash this out of the park, all that grabs you, you know. Plus the, you know, 24 hours beforehand or 48 hours beforehand, the amount of filming that you've got to do behind the scenes and, you know. it's a full day. And the heat plays a big part because, you know, it was a cockatoo island, so it was like 40-degree heat and you're in sheds and, yeah, it's crazy, 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 However, super fun. Amazing. Super fun. The atmosphere with all the ninjas, the people that actually run it, everything to do with the um, the channel itself, amazing. Um, And being amongst it, you just feel like it's a massive family and fun and it ends up being all the ninjas versus the course. Yes. It's not You're not ninja competing, ninja. no. Right. When you turn up and you're looking at everybody, you do the usual human thing and you size each other up and you're like, oh, could I beat him or her or whatever? But then as soon as the, it goes and that first like charm sounds and off they go, it's just like I really hope he or she gets through this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the more that go through it, the more amped up the ninjas get to crush the course. Yeah. It's interesting you're saying about the obstacles looking a lot bigger because I've been sitting there like on the couch just, you know, having <laughs> yes. like, oh, come on, bro. That's so did like, <laughs> well, it's just monkey bars. Come on. Yes. Mate, so did we. I, I can't tell you how many, you know, episodes I watched in Japan, America, yeah, right. and every other country that ran the show from YouTube, mm. from my computer. And I'm like, oh, my God, I would crush that. Like, yes. let me on. I'll show you what to do. And then the moment you're told you're on the show, yeah, you're, right. like, really analysing everything. You're like, okay, that looks a little longer than I thought it was going to be. And Yeah, the study yeah. gets a little deeper on that. Yeah. You start watching it and you're really watching, okay, left arm, right arm, right leg. You're like you're really trying to get the 
yeah. you know, the juice behind it's definitely everything. definitely an experience, so. that's for sure. So we both did season one and two. We had a break from season three. Um, both had injuries, so... Okay. Yeah, that's a big thing. I I think a lot of people didn't weren't used to as well is training methodologies and molding them together. So you've got if you've got bodybuilding background or CrossFit background or other sports that have changed <coughs> the shape and dynamics of your body. Yeah. And now you're turning it into rock climber type, dynamic mover type. You know, agility. Things go wrong. So I tore the tricep off the bone and had to have it reattached after season one, but oh I had massive um, tendonitis in my elbows the entire time from overtraining because I'll go at anything at 1,000 miles an hour, so yeah. twice a day is whatever I can get. But you try and add a lot of muscle mass, which I lost 12 kilos of, of straight muscle because I wasn't holding a lot of body fat and I had to get light yeah, to right. be able to last the distance. But your body, when it goes through those changes, yeah. things go wrong if you're not careful. So yeah, Jen, had, uh, Jen had multiple injuries herself. I had a uh, glute and hamstring tear going into season two. So it was like three weeks prior to season two. That's like a pain in the ass. Oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. I could barely stand on one leg, let alone hop along those obstacles. So, yeah, season two, I boomed in the first uh, obstacles. So, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, but anyway. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. So, guys, um, I guess most of our podcasts so far have been on looking good to feel good. But your sort of topic is more feel good to look good, I would assume. Or would you agree with that, first of all? Well, Back in the day, I think my old mentality was, you know, I've got to train a certain way to look a certain way. Mm. But now I train for my mindset over anything because then sure. the aesthetics come as a, as a byproduct. Yeah, what it's I'm just doing. a bonus. Correct. It just happens. Correct. Yeah. So I've been through a lot in the past with my health and um, and those sorts of things that I wanted to really focus on um, healing myself. Um, and fitness does that for me. So by... Uh, Dropping the stress of having to look a certain way and um, worrying about what other people think of me has definitely helped uh, for me to recover, you know, the bad habits that I used to have and mentality that I used to have and convert that into definitely a healthier mentality now. Yeah, it's got to be both. It yeah. has to be both. And I think that's the key is being able to arm yourself with both weapons yeah. to be able to use looking good as inspiration, mm. as a goal setting technique, as whatever you need it to be to empower you, right? And no negative attachments, right? As soon as you start weighing yourself against other people and start going that way. So it's really your approach mentally and then um, turning it back the other way. So I think you just got to have both. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Now, this question resonates with me very, very well. (laughs) If we've got gyms absolutely everywhere, on every street corner, $10 a month, you know, it's so accessible. And yet, I'm a guilty one of this. People just don't go. Or many people struggle with it, should I say. Yeah. Or or they say they're going to go. It's a resolution. They go twice and then it's forgotten. What do you think? Why is that? Why are we struggling? Um, I think there's... A lot of factors, yeah. first of all, in that. <clears throat> so it, it, things that, like environmental changes and those sorts of things, you've got to find a place that you feel good in. So it, there's no good in going, oh, yeah, setting a resolution for yourself and saying I'm going to go to the gym down the road and go a couple of times. It just might not be that place for you. So finding something that suits you and um, that you feel good in, that can thrive in and that you feel like you can perform your best at, I think is important. However, then there's other elements like fear stops us from achieving so much. So, you know, there's that fear element of feeling intimidated when you're walking into a gym or, you know, fitness space or whatever that might be. 
Um, Scott, you yeah. Have well, a, Jen was just talking about like emotional things, yes. right? And we're, and we're emotional animals. We make our decisions with our emotional brain rather than our, you know, deciding brain or our thinking brain. Um, but if and that's attaching things to it. So things that emotionally drive you, whether it's a pain threshold or whether it's on the other end of positivity and excitement, can get you to do things. But I think on the analytical side, it's more like what's deep practice, you know, and getting the things that make you. Um, addicted to that deep practice, Mm. like learning, am I progressing? Like if I just do constant repetition, it's constant repetition. I can actually stagnate right there. I can just do a constant rep or constant repetition within my routine, within my training that doesn't actually get me progression, right? Versus I can have a deep practice, which is more looking at, did I lift more, push more, run further, do anything better than yesterday or last week? You know, so it's going into the gym and just turning over the wheels, which all these gyms are catering for Mm. versus having someone with a bit of knowledge or you finding something that's actually like, no, no, I'm going to go to the next belt in jujitsu. No, no, I'm going to get to this point with my body weight or no, no, uh, you know, how many things can I attach to then really drill in deeply and practice getting better and, you know, being addicted to learning more so than just, okay, I'm going to spin the wheels. Yeah, I think it comes down to your reasons why. Because if your reasons are, you know, internal enough, you're going to stick at something. Generally, you're going to continue to be hungry for it. If you're not, you're going to want to continue to move forward towards what you want, right? So if going to the gym or improving your fitness in some shape or form is a strong enough why for you and a strong enough purpose for you, then you will find that thing that's going to make you tick Mm -hmm. um, and keep you moving forward. Yeah. I think it's interesting. A lot of the most of the guests that we've had on the podcast so far we've been speaking about um whether it be cosmetic medicine like surgery injectables um people are doing lots of things to make themselves look better feel better but one of the things that has become really apparent to us that it's this is a multifactorial um i guess solution it's not just about having injectable treatments or having surgery or maybe you don't need those things do you have a healthy mind are you eating well are you exercising um it's not it seems like it's difficult to bring all the pieces together mm. these days and I, getting I that agree. balance with I our agree. busy lifestyles and social media and yeah where do you get where do you get the internal fix from mm. you know you're talking about exteriors you're talking about um, aesthetics what about the internal, mm. right? Which is in the end, it's the one that shines out the most. Yeah. Because you can have the most beautiful face and body in the world, but if it's unhappy inside, that comes out in, yeah. in body language on its own. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You know, so it's like, where do I get my internal fixes from? And I think if you can, it's harder. It's, it's easy to say than, than to do, but if you can find the things you actually love to do, yes. because it's got to be a part of you. Training has to be a part of your lifestyle. I can't be Scott doing this. I have to be, this is just what I do rather so do you know what i mean i'm not trying to eat this way this is how i eat Mm. it's the same it's it's not a decision it's It's like there's people who do crash course diets they're never going to stick to it because it's not what they want to do or it's not sustainable there are super like there's so many benefits to if you're going to call them crash course course diets i get guys to taste test or test out many training methods and also eating methods as well because everyone's so different and if you do it consistently at least if if i could arm you with that and said you know what do this for just a week 
consistently do it for the week and tell me what you find. Yeah. You know, listen to your body for the week and the next week and the next week. Before you know it, we're probably going to have four weeks of good eating. Yeah. yeah. But I've just armed you with a different direction or a different approach to yeah. actually, oh, you know what, trial and error. I'm not actually going to imagine or, you know, perceive that I'm going to get this result out of it, but more so I'm just, I'm just intel gathering. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's you know? testing and adjusting along the way continually because you're forever growing, right? So everything works, just not forever. It's just what works for you at that time. Yeah. Do you think there's any truth to the fact that our diets can lead us to become unmotivated? So what I, like, I listen to a lot of podcasts as well and, you know, talking about your gut biome and, you know, if you're eating a lot of processed food, a lot of sugar, that it just makes your brain foggy. You feel unmotivated. You don't feel like exercising. So it seems like you need to get your diet right maybe first or, yeah. and then the exercise comes with it. Or what, what, what do you, what's your take on that? I what, think personally going just by feel without even the scientific information that's out there, I think going by feel, I definitely feel foggy, lethargic, slow, unmotivated when I'm currently eating a crap diet. Yeah. So I when was the last time you had a Big Mac. Um, a Big Mac. Oh my God. I, I don't even remember the last time I had a burger, but I, I do have a lot of balance in my diet. I just know that if it's um, a couple of days in a row, for instance, and I'm being a bit slack with my uh, nutrition, I can definitely feel there's, it. There's a point there that's connected. So it, Jen will have a nibble of everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm the guy that takes the four, right? Yeah. And I'll put I'm like, that you, on should, there. you should get that. It looks really good so I can have right? a bite. Have of a it. bite. Now, what would happen to your mentality if you ate half of it? Yep. And what would happen to your mentality if you finished it? Yep. So, not great. <laughs> right. But it's the attachment you talk about what food yes. does to our yeah. feeling. If I know that I. If I had a little taste, yeah. that's a tick box for me m emotionally. If I eat half of it, I'm feeling a little bit different now, not because I've consumed it, my mental state. Yeah, right. And if I finish that entire thing, that entire pizza, yeah. I smash that, well, well, now what am I thinking of myself? It's the thought process that you attach to those <laughs> foods. Like for, I used to eat banana bread before going to the gym, right, of my PM session, and I used to think that food, that banana bread, was going to make me lift like an absolute beast, and it did. It didn't have an effect on how I looked. It had an effect on how I thought I trained. Right. So it's, tri again, tricking the brain. And I'm not saying going, I don't, I'm not telling you to go out there and eat banana bread before the gym. That's not what I'm saying. It's just how you, the thoughts you attach to the foods that you eat that make all the difference. I totally hear you with the, the gut microbiome and, you know, the science behind food actually physically mm. making you feel differently. Absolutely. Leaky gut, you know, your organs performing at a different level, changing your blood sugar levels, all those things will make you feel different. Yeah. But it's also that state of, if your cortisol levels are so high because you attach so much stress, mm. anxiety and everything else to the food that you may want to consume and don't even, right? How in the hell are you supposed to lose body fat when your cortisol levels or your hormone levels are totally out of whack, yeah, right. right? So then we can use fitness to bring and level out our hormone levels as we know with activity to then set us up to be able to eat properly. So it definitely works both ways. Mm -hmm. um, we use fitness as, um, as a mind state you know, fixer, but we also use it to, to sort and make sure that our, our eating habits are in check as well. Absolutely. So talking about diets and we sort of touched on it briefly, there are a lot of, whether it be low carb, keto, vegan, just people now doing crazy things, or maybe it's not crazy, carnivore diets where they eat steak for breakfast. They don't eat anything else. I don't know if it's part of an elimination diet or whatever else. We've got fasting, we've got, what are your thoughts on all these things? And 
I'm going to experience jump this straight in. Just, just my take, but it's my take, and that's going to be my point. It's it's my take. So, right. military yep. in, in, <laughs> intel gathering, right? Intel gathering. I need as much good information about you as I can. There's so many trials on different. Um, you know, ways of eating, nutrition plans, et cetera, on different people. So you can gather a lot of information from other people, absolutely. But then to really fine tune it, I need you to go out and test as many things as you can. And I think, you, as we know, your, your gut microbiome does, uh, microbiome, microbiome, sorry. <laughs> it, microbiome. <laughs> that's my dyspraxia. Um, so it changes as we know. So what worked for you in the first three months, four months might not work. Yep for you in the next one. And your body's very, very good at adjusting. It's very good at, you know, becoming conditioned to what you're doing with yep. it. So that's tricky as well. That sucks sometimes because I've gone through the the bodybuilding phase for, you know, 25 weeks straight, just eating the, you know, even doing food separation, which I don't know if you've heard of that one, which right. is actually you're not, you're not consuming, you're doing carbohydrates after the protein source. So you're never consuming pro, um, proteins and carbs in the one meal. So right. if you're eating six meals a day, you're now eating 12. So 45 minutes after consuming the protein and greens, I'm into the... Um, carbohydrates and greens in the form of sweet potato, for example. So I was eating 12 times during the day and just making sure that no protein was being digested at the same time as carbohydrates because that wasn't going to work optimal for me. So same as like the Paleolithic time, if I found a beast and I killed it and ate it, I didn't have potatoes Jits. or whatever else next to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's inclusive of the water source as well. People don't even dive into the fact that if I'm eating and drinking at the same time, what does that do to my gut, mm. right? So eating and giving your body a chance to digest is going to digest better than if I had a glass of water next to me and I had that or whatever as well. So there's so many little factors in there that's, yeah. to me, it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Really. And the challenge is how do you know what's right? How do you know How do you know what the right test, thing is? Test it, adjust it, trial, and work off it. Trial and error, trial and error. adjust. But when you say you're works. testing, what are, you, what are your indicators? Is it blood work? Is it how you feel? Is so it how you live? So just using um, carbohydrates, for example, <clears throat> as a tester for me. So during that, I was able to, to find out which carbs worked with my body the best or at least which ones gave me a negative result or reaction that I didn't like. So, mm. for example, if I have oats and I was using as this is a pre-trainer, so, you know, 45 minutes, depending on what it was, to an hour and a half prior to my training, Training, I would really load up the carbohydrates and then spike insulin prior to training to try and use them as a fuel source. Can you just explain what you mean by load? Just for yeah, people who just don't consuming, train. just consuming them prior to so a certain amount, having them in the system, in the bucket, ready, ready to rock and roll. In this case, having them digested and in my bloodstream and ready for ready for fuel. Okay. But then really activating me using carbohydrates as a fuel source is was having something like pure carbs. So really finite sugar type substance, which I could put in my protein shake 15 minutes prior, really get the, the blood boiling at that stage and then train. Okay. Right now I was trying oats and oats would have a massive, you know, gut inflammation type effect on me, bloating and et cetera, versus if I had- a banana um, or something. Like, yeah. And I have a banana post and I'll get into that, but it was like potato. So sweet potato. Oh, yeah. Now I've told Jen before- it, sweet potato versus white potato for me had a massive effect. If I had sweet potato, it was my biggest rocket fuel. I'd have like beads of sweat coming out of me like I could run through a fucking wall. Excuse my French. But that's what I that's what it did to me, to yes. my body. Right. And then the 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 carbohydrates after would also make me feel differently. How I replenished my fuel sources and how much I gave me depended on how much energy I would have after. So if I depleted as much as my blood sugar levels as possible during my training session and had nothing after 
you're kind of feeling those keto type effects. You're feeling a little bit mellow. You're feeling a little bit lack of energy because I hadn't replaced them. Where if I had a, a simple carb like a banana yeah. straight after my training session, all day, baby, after that, I was like good to go. So I don't know if this is too amateur a question or yeah. I guess it depends on what your goal is as a trainer, whether you're trying to lose weight, bulk, whatever. But Correct. there's the premise of either, like you said, load with carb or some people say don't don't eat before training because then you're going to go into your glycogen um, reserves and then break down fat quicker. Can you just explain that sort of rationale to train? I think training? the main point you touched on was timings. That's what you're talking about. The timing of carbohydrates and the timing of food in general but is, also, is massive. The, also your goal as well. For you, you were, you were prepping for a bodybuilding show. Yep. So I think by um, testing and trialing things, you find out exactly what your body is capable of and how it works best and what it works best on. This is one of those. So for you, you're prepping. Yeah, but this is one show. of those pesty things that I'm talking about mm. where if, if we had the same amount of food in quantity and we're eating the same, the exact same food during the day, but I took the carbohydrate source that I was going to give you mm. and we had it for breakfast and then it wasn't in the mm. rest of the day and I took that and I put it 45 minutes or an hour before your training session and we did it, you'd have a totally different effect. Mm. So how does the average person who I guess maybe doesn't want to go extreme... <laughs> Yeah, the non ninja warrior. Yeah, the non just you know <laughs> kind of the, sort of the average Joe like Jake um, wants to I'm not average. Make, <laughs> average Joe. Um, average Joe just wants to live a healthy lifestyle, look good without a shirt, um, be functionally strong, sure. um, flexible. How do, how do they find their starting point? How do they find what works for them? Because like even for someone like me that's fairly well read on this stuff, educated, I look at it and go, God, I don't freaking know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's such a hard topic, and I definitely think it's important to, if it is something that you that means a lot to you, it's on you to do your own research on it. Yeah, you're like, okay, what's going to suit me and my body type the most? And yes, there's just loads of information out there that it gets so so confusing. Um, but again, we just come back to trial and error, testing and adjusting along the way because your body is really good at figuring out what's going on very quickly. So you're going to have to continue to adjust things along the way because we do hit plateaus. Mm. Um, so I just think it's forever, we're forever pursuing something that's more. I think you've got to come back to one of your first questions about, you know, what drives us, what what separates us, the people that go to the gym all the time and the people that, that don't, for example. And that's the same one with approaching this question about without food. It's like if you went to a professional and they started going through process of elimination, right, and told you you're going to eliminate these things and we're going to reintroduce them later on and because the professional told you to, you did, you know that already. You know that fact. But why aren't you acting on that? That's a whole different question and mentality. That That's why I'm known for a little bit of tough love because you've got to shoot straight. You've got to have some ownership there about, well, the information's there. Whether I act on it or not, that's my call. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, I've got friends who train probably not as crazy as you guys, but they're very. I can just tell they're very similar mindset to you guys. They're just driven. They're, they just don't care about the pain. Uh they don't have kids. <laughs> um, time is on their side. And that's a massive, I think, barrier to a lot of people. Yeah. Hands up for that. But, you know, it, it's a personal thing. It, it, you can't 
You can't give someone a prescription and say, do it. You've got to want to do it. Well, it's like telling somebody to quit smoking when they're not ready to quit smoking. They're just not going to do it until they're ready to do it. So it's on them. It's on that individual. I think people also like the intelligent plan. So like a lot of the guys that I work with, it's a, a few little simple fixes. For example, do you have a dog? Serious question. Do you have a dog? No. Okay. If you did and you, I'd say, do you walk the dog? It's like, yes. Okay. From now on, you're going to wear a backpack when you walk the dog and have a look at the calorie burn difference between walking without resistance versus resistance. Mm. Everyone can start at a different weight. Don't have to say you have to throw on a dirty big army backpack that weighs half your body weight. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not <laughs> That's week yet. two. <laughs> not Never yet. Never booking with Scott. We move fast. Week However, two. And then another fix is like, okay, um, do you live within traveling distance by foot or bike or anything else from your gym? Uh, right or work probably yes or work so okay so now you you're you as a person your mentality goes a little bit further but it's intelligent in the fact that it's now walking to the gym training and walking back well, the only th- factor we have to deal with is just so, it said is time management yeah. yeah right so if we can get that bit of time but there's a couple little extras it's like walking the dog with an extra bit of weight you know buying in and buying out of your gym session so covering covering some distance prior to training and then covering it back you're starting to put money in the bank that equity is getting built up and over the weeks you'll get a lot further and we haven't really touched food or training yet Mm. it's only a couple little tweaks and then if you've got children integrating some training with them so go find like a hike that you can do find the park all those sort of things on a weekend so now you've got your little we- little weekend warrior session with your kids which is a must it's who you just who who you are and what you do for your kids and yourself mm. so now throughout the week we've scattered some stuff and haven't touched your training program yet with the four. i'm just oh. waiting i've seen a cj walking down the street with a kid on one on, son, yeah. on front <laughs> pack and a backpack <laughs> you know what he'd get a high five from me that's for sure that's the perfect um, training, you know? It's sort of like the chicken or the egg thing because people go, oh my God, I have no energy. I feel like crap. I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. Oh my God, I can't go to the gym. I haven't had enough sleep. It's like, well, what comes first? Because yeah. the reason you feel like that is because you're not doing, yes. you're not training. You're not looking after you. You always think of how you would feel after it. Yeah. It's crazy we do that as human beings, right? Yeah. We well, always- <laughs> I often use this, you know, little experience thing is when, when you go and do a, a really good session, we've all done a really good session. You don't often tend to want to go and eat and drink badly mm. directly after the training session. Sure, you might get that dose of, you know, I feel good now and let's yeah. let's have a barbecue or let's go out or whatever. That's later on. But I'm saying when you do the training, you feel like eating healthy too. Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. You know, when you eat bad, you don't feel like training. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, hand in hand and it's, like you said, it goes both ways, chicken and the egg. Yeah. Eat bad, don't want to train. Train, yeah. want to eat good. Yeah. So it's like, well, I know which one sounds better to me. Yeah. I'm just going to have to force myself into a few sessions. Right. And for that, you just need a little bit of accountability, you know, a bit of fun. Okay, I'm going to grab this friend or a couple of friends and meet them here. Yeah. I'm going to grab the kids, start this weekend and go do something, but then that'll just keep, I'll just keep the ball rolling after yeah. that. And it might be a you bit know. of, it might be pests, like, might feel uncomfortable for a couple of weeks, but it starts getting easier. Yeah. You know, it's you, you'll adjust into yeah. it. You start building that routine. Yeah. And that's a perfect thing is keeping yourself accountable. But how do you do that? So, you know, grabbing a friend or joining in a group session. Group sessions are the bomb if you're first starting out and those sorts of things. So, yeah, it's just about finding out what works for you. But just starting little because if you're going to try to change too much, it gets too overwhelming and the likelihood of you sticking to it is very little. Yeah. There's a lot of dawning factors. I think yeah. the, the first one we hit is the shield that we put up with what we look like to others. Yeah. yeah. Right. So whether you're going to the gym alone and you might not know what you're doing or you might not be confident in the movements, whatever the thought pattern is, your, your weights aren't as, as big as the next person, you know, that's that's a handbrake moment. 
right there, you know. Well, that going, moves on in Going to a group class. Yeah, why you should have a coach or why you should have a PT or why mm. you should, you know, seek some other advice and um, confidence through going to a, a group session, for yeah. instance. And funny enough, we come back to, we're talking training, nutrition, but we come back to swallowing the pride. Yeah. We come back to having some ownership going, no, that's my, that's my um, problem right there in the first place. So I'll own that about me, that I, I do get this way in front of others. I'm going to change that. Yeah. And I'm going to change that by doing the opposite. I'm going to go and do a training session right now. Um, See just, you guys, I'm out. Just closing <laughs> off on, on the diet sort of thing. So I guess in short, we, we spoke about all those different, uh, I guess, well, you know, vegan and carnivore. So you mm-hmm. think that they all have merit depending on the person? Yes, I think they should all be, you know, I don't think you should put anyone's way of life. If it's worked for them, it's worked for them. Yep. Okay. You know what I mean? That, yep. That's my biggest thing. Don't put a, a spin on it yourself about, oh, I would definitely not do that in this person mm-hmm. yep. and such and such. Yeah. It's an event in their life. They've trialed it. They've tested it. They had some sort of result and that's it. It's yep. not who they are. It's what they did. Yeah. Yep. Well, I've been experimenting with fasting over the last sort of six months and I've had mm-hmm. interesting sort of results and I think that I'm hitting it like plateaus and I need to start mixing up. What are, you, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on the fasting, whether it be like the 16-8 uh, or 24 Oh, uh, We both love the fasting. Yep. And um, for me... Uh, I, I think I'd, I hover anywhere between like 10 to 16 hours. It depends on the schedule that we've mm. got. Of a fasted so, period? Of a fasted yep. period, yeah. So I'm not on the extreme, you know, fasting level. I would like to get there one yep. day um, because I feel that my body responds really well to the fasting. Mm. And I think it's because I give my body the chance to slow down and recover. I've got, I used to have severe IBS yeah. um, and this is why I started the fasting it was just another another test for me to see what would work to help eliminate that. Funny enough, it was more so the stresses of life that helped eliminate the IBS. Right. Um, but, yeah, fasting is certainly my way of life at the moment and has been for the last couple of years. Yeah. But like I said, it's something that I'm, I'm not consistent with in time. Mm. Um, I'm from 10 to 16 hours. It yeah. just depends on what I've got on. Yeah. Um, I perform really well uh, fasted, yeah. especially in the morning. Too, yeah. So uh, my high intensity levels, even my strength um, it go, is through the roof in yeah. the mornings. If I eat prior to a, a session like that, I'm just, sluggish and lethargic. Yep. I don't know what it is about it. I just I just feel like I'm way better fasted. Mm. However, my PM sessions, which is strength training, so my high intensity is in the morning, my strength training generally is in the evening. I need to eat prior to that because I feel like I'm heaps stronger. Yeah. Um, and it kind of wakes me up a bit as well yeah. because, you know, by the end of the day, I'm feeling a little bit, you know, tired and those sorts of things. So We talked about timings of, of, mm. of carbs and timing of food. Yes. And that's a, a big thing. Your last meal before that particular fast makes a difference too, mm. right? So if that last meal was was dinner for Jen and then she went to bed and slept and then woke up and trained, fasted, which we talked about performance levels and fasted and then continued through the day, if Jen had, you know, the Big Mac and massive Macca's meal or, or, you know, fish and chips or whatever she was doing, you know, instead of, you know, a, um, no. <laughs> you know, a nice, you know, 150 gram steak, salmon steak with a, you know, a, a salad with olive oil over it, for example, um, when was the last carb meal? Was it the lunch? Because now we're extending those hours out even further. Like mm. these fasted hours that you don't have, what's in your bloodstream? What's in your system? Mm. You know, what, what's your stomach doing? So it's it's the knowledge of fasting and then it's also still coming back to a little bit of knowledge about what you're doing in the other hours yeah. too. Yeah. What is the purpose of the fasting just for people who, who have not fasted before? 
Well, I, for me, it was more so, like I said, giving my um, my system the chance to digest the food that I ate the day prior. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of gives me a break. Scientifically, Scott's probably better at I just about. like the, uh, you know, the thought and analogy, or not even analogy, but just paleolithic bodies yeah. living in modern day. Like we have certain systems in place because that's the way we've been designed. That's the way that the body has been, you know, it's progressed in the way that it was was made. And it's like if you're walking around the earth's surface and didn't find food, your body has very, very good coping mechanisms and different things that it does with all of our levels, you know, chemically, emotionally, um, you know, hormonally, I meant to say. And I just think getting as, as close back to those those days and those running systems is is what's healthy and what's needed. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's know? not normal to have three meals a day. Is basically what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and at the same time, every single day, the yeah. body just gets too conditioned. Sometimes, a lot of I find with a lot of of my overweight clients, they'll often tell me that they don't eat much. Yeah. Right. And that's often some of the harsh truth is just like because the massive window gap now that you've given yourself, your body's in survival mode. Yeah. Hey, I'm walking around the earth. I haven't found food in a while. Guess what? I better, I better turn down the rate in which I burn my fuel sources or I'm going to walk it all off. Mm. Right. Survival mode. And then it's like stoking a, a train, you know, f- fire um, type thing. It's the flame is down. And then what? You give it a big dose of food. It's not going to burn through it like the coals. Right. So yeah. it's like keep the fire going. Yeah. With tr- with constant training, with small meals, et cetera. And that, that's, and- that's their key for me, I think, definitely, and especially coming from my eating disorder background when I was uh, early adults, adulthood, um, smaller meals suit better, suit yeah. me better. And I find that if I overeat or if I feel that I'm full mentally, I find that very hard. Mm. So for me, that's a trigger from my past and it f- doesn't sit well with me. So I feel uh, uncomfortable mentally about it. So I know that if I'm fasting overnight, I feel really great. My body feels fantastic. And then from there, how I break my fast matters. Mm-hmm. So um, smaller meals, smaller portions. And I find that, you know, I might be consuming a certain amount of calories. I don't know what they are because, again, that's a trigger for me mm-hmm. because I can't, can't, I shouldn't count my calories or yep. my macros or anything like that. I just know um, at any given time what my body performs well on. So for me, smaller meals and the way that I break my fast is generally feeling like I'm better performing on higher carb, lower fat. Scott's complete opposite. He's a high fat, low carb. So, and it's taken me a while to sort of, um, figure that out, like really come to the realization that don't fight that anymore. Mm. Um, whereas I was trying to convert my body to high fat, low carb. And I found that it just didn't work for me. I, my body was, I was stressing myself out about it. So I wasn't getting results that Mm. I thought that I would get from it. Um, and I just felt tired all the time. So for me, a higher carb diet with a lower fat um, definitely works for me at this period. Of- and talking about the stresses of whether it's having a, a fast, mm. whether it's fueling yourself the right way, I think a lot of it's coming obviously from lack of knowledge and knowledge is experience. And I, coming from the army, I'm well aware of what the human body can perform on or perform mm. without right? Having long, long hauls, carrying weight, whatever it is, and super long distances, food deprivation and um, sleep deprivation. I now know what I'm capable of, most importantly, but I'm also aware of what the human is capable Mm. of. So when I have a gap in my food or I have this, I'm not, my stress levels are far, far lower than the average man. They're they're decreased because I have knowledge of what we can do, right? Some people start freaking out about their 
clock, you know, about their timings of food or the amounts or this or that. Exactly. It's like if you just when cruise, it becomes man. obsessive, you, yes. it, it's not fun, is it? No, no you I can think mess up your head. Exactly. There's so, so much pressure on what people should be eating mm-hmm. in terms of you need to be consuming this amount of calories. Mm-hmm. For a female, you should be consuming this. For a male, you should be consuming this. What about bringing it back to what you feel good on? Yeah in terms of whatever it is, is your goal. Say, is that fuel source going to fuel you for your day? Is it going to be enough? So it all comes back to understanding your body and how it feels at any given time and listening to your body because at the end of the day, that's what should matter is, okay, I feel a little bit tired. How can I feel that? Or before that even happens, you know, you should be able to feel those, feel how your body is performing. Do you guys like cars? Cars? Yeah. Yeah, Do you like cars? Do Do you like the show Top Gear? Uh, hold on, with Jeremy Clarkson or with? Well, you can take it for as it was. Yeah, Maybe the original. It. Yeah, I like the original. Yeah, because I like I like Jeremy's sarcasm. <laughs> Where I'm going is just I just as a little takeaway for people listening in. It's like okay, how can I put that into practice? It's like well, I like to use this analogy because it's very much like a car, like a vehicle. We've got the Stig. All right, and you've got the car itself, and it seems that Stig's the professional driver. Just for correct. Yeah. Yes, and he's yeah. and he's what well. It's argument where he comes from, but he's a very, very good driver, yeah. isn't he? And it doesn't matter what vehicle you give the Stig, he wins, Yeah. right? So that's what I want people to think of their own mind like. It's like if you put my mind in your body, what am I doing with it? Is it a different thing than what you're doing with it? Yeah. And if you can associate that and you go, yes, it is. Okay, cool. So I need to work on my Stig. I need to work on my driver and make sure that he's thinking like Stig. He's performing like Stig. He needs to be a top performer no matter what vehicle I throw at him. He or she. He'll she. <laughs> yes, sorry. Right. He'll she. He'll she. Thank you. I was just about to do that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> right. And then and then there's the vehicle itself. So let's take the vehicle around the track and test test run it. Let's put some fuel source in it, like yeah. diesel, and see how she runs. Yeah. Let's put some petrol in it and see how she runs. And let's put some jet fuel in this thing and run it and see how she goes. Right. And that's the body. So yeah. we can eat and train a certain way to make it perform. Yeah. Mm. Okay. What are you guys' thoughts on things like CrossFit, yoga? Um, like F45, like what do you, there seems to be like every week there's a new, there's a new thing. Um, well, I guess yoga is not a new thing, but I think in terms of like, just, do you think it's important to have a mixture of all those different elements or? Well, this is a tough one because first of all, my style of training is quite hybrid. So I tap into lots of different training yep. methodologies. Yeah, I've seen the weird and wonderful things you do on Instagram. <laughs> like, what? So for me, they all play a part. I yep. love I love them all. Um, I'm not a CrossFitter. I'm not a bodybuilder. I'm not an F45er. I'm not any of them. I'm all of them. Yeah, right. So um, for me, keeping variety in my training is important because that fuels my um, hunger and drive towards keep uh, continue doing what I'm doing. I'm very creative. So I love mixing all all of them together. Um, However, I don't know if you, if you were separating them, how, like there's heavy focus on that CrossFit gives you any injuries. Yeah. Um, and I guess that without being too opinionated about it, I think anything too heavy on is going to give you injuries depending on how you recover and, and prime yourself going into it and coming out of it. So it's your recovery methods that really play a big part in that. I think I'm very positively geared. Mm. Like I'm always on the positive side of everything, willing to help anybody do anything. So firstly, the training as many things as possible and not caring about what other people do. Like I'm very much for that. Please go trial, test, do everything and learn as much about yourself as you can. But then there's also those negatives, which we play on ourselves. Like I know how good yoga is. 
right? But I, I struggle mm. in yoga mm. to shut off my mind. Yeah. Right? So I know how good it is, but I still don't do it. Yeah. You know, but I love it. But I, I do do it. Don't get me wrong. But I don't have it in my practice. Yeah, it's not all the time. That's me with the gym. And how good it is, I just don't. <laughs> right. So do everybody it. has that on board. <laughs> and then true, how how much true. stress do I give my? I do. There's a little dose of stress there, knowing that you should be doing this much yoga per week, but you're yeah. not, buddy. You're yeah. not. Yeah. And I'm like, Ugh, but I don't again, like it comes that down to me. what you said. If you don't enjoy it, or if it's not your thing, that's cool. Just move on to the things that you do do. That's right. It's okay. Absolutely. And I think that it, just because you don't have yoga in your consistent programming doesn't mean that you don't do other methods of recovery as well. So it's yeah. what what is it that works best yeah. for you? That meditation state, yeah, you know, and breathing breathing techniques in my bag. Yeah, like, right. I, I'm like doing the performance breathing stuff with every single movement has a breathing pattern and I'm so for that, right? So what people find in yoga for their breathing, I find in that. I also spend a lot of time by myself covering distance, which is another form for me of meditation. If I've just got the music in my ears or I don't and I'm spending just time. That's a mental challenge, isn't it? Right? Massive. Mm. And I'm just going for this long run, 10K yeah. run. I mean, it's only me out there. I'm talking, you know, or longer. It's yeah, like, that's, that's, that's my the form. creation zone there, yeah. right there. It is. It puts you in a meditative state. And it's the same, like, if I'm enjoying a, something that much, it is a meditative state. So for me, like, I have my training mask on and I'm on the uh, Stairmaster in the morning. I'm bashing it out for, I don't know, half an hour, 30, whatever it is. I feel like everything is coming to me. I'm like, yeah. whoa, 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 slow my mind down. I've got so much creation going on. And some people will say, well, that's not meditation. But what is meditation? And it, meditation isn't about quieting the mind. It's just about accepting what's coming in, right? Mm. Um, and then letting it go. So that's exactly what I do. I'm like, accept what's coming in. Great idea. Fantastic. Thank you, Jenna. And it just keeps on coming. Yeah, right. So I guess it's just what... what I use them all as it. tools. Yeah. The original question, I use CrossFit as a conditioning tool. Yeah. I love how it's all put together and I know the feeling that it give, gives me, that metabolic conditioning, that absolutely want, want to lay on the ground type feeling. I know what yoga does for me, whether it's on the negative or the positive side. I know what they do to me and um, I just use them like tools because mm. I know them. I don't have any real emotional attachment to them. I just use them as I need to. I mean, joking aside, and I'm sure a lot of listeners are going to resonate with this, you know, I've been on a running machine in the past and literally all I'm doing is watching the minutes or if I've set it to, I don't know, 5K all I'm doing literally every second is hurry up, hurry up. I hope I get there quicker. I'll turn up the speed to do it quicker. Yeah. And it's, I just don't have that mental capacity to want to do it or, or to finish it. It's just almost, it's almost impossible. And I think a lot of people would resonate with that. Absolutely. Myself, especially if I <laughs> went on a runner, it'd be the same. It'd be like strapping me there and I'd be like, not very happy about the whole thing. Unless I was primed and I approached it from a different angle. Mm. I'm not very happy with that. I'd much rather be out and about. And then what I've tied to running in the past, I've, I've cut away running before and just been like, I'm not going to do it anymore because my, you know, my limbs or whatever don't really enjoy it anymore. I've carried that much weight in my career yeah. that my knees, ankles blow up but then went into a very dark hole mentally trying to transition out of the army, going through tough times with PTSD, with all this sort of stuff. And I found running was my savior, mm. but it wasn't looking at the time. It was just picking a destination. Out, out I, in the open. I picked a destination from where I was in Cronulla. I knew that the sand dunes were within distance. I did not know how far they were from this newer place that I'd moved into. Yeah. And I just said to myself, I'm going to get a win on the board. 
I'm sick of kicking my own ass mentally. I'm just going to get a win. And today, Jen, I'm going to the sand dunes. Oh, I don't know when I'm back. I'm just going to go. Yeah. Got to the sand dunes, got back. It ended up being 15Ks. If I'd have said to myself, I'm going to run 15Ks. No chance. No chance. Not, not at that point. I was <coughs> mentally in a hole. Yeah. So I'm like, it was just the distance. And it was why the, I was covering the distance was to get a win back. Yeah. Mm. And I got my win. And then I started doing more. And now I use it as my number one format. Now I go above and beyond. Not only will I get there, but I'm going to take something with me, resistance. I'm going to take weight. Not only will I make the destination, but I'm going to do a workout on top of it. And then I'm going to bring it home. So that's the FU to me saying, not only will I win and get one back, I'm going to get 10 back and then take the lead. Mm. You might find something like, a sport might be better for you, Jake, rather well, than treadmill. Yeah. Maybe like, soccer or... J- joking aside, football, I used sorry. to do a load of sport as, as a teenager. I played cricket to a very high level, football. It was always team sport. And then you go to university, you know, you drink, you, you don't really do much sport. You know, I played five-a-side football, whatever, but you, you fall out of those habits of what you did at school because you had to at school. Yeah. It's just what you did every Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. Um, and yeah, and since then, I've, I've not had that... Um, I don't know that bug, that 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 drive, that that need, and oh. things happen, work, kids, etc. And you know, I'm sure many people have that same sort of excuse. It is an excuse, you know. You you could find the time, but it's easier to go. Got work, uh, got to look after the kids, whatever. So, I don't know. So, uh, is that five k's that you do on the treadmill, for instance? Did. Not do on the treadmill. <laughs> and, and joking aside, it was years ago. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Couldn't tell you the last time I went to the gym. Yes. Well, I'm I'm just saying that if could that five k's had been spent differently or better for you? So it's like looking at that point in time. That yeah. why were you? Why did you think you had to do that five k's on the treadmill? Uh, because that's how you had something. to something. Okay. Yeah. Literally, it was like. Uh, I'm doing nothing. Wife joined the gym or, yep. or whatever. It was actually a free gym in our old apartment. So I was yep. like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll try. But it's just such a mental, Yeah. I don't enjoy this. I'm not fit, so I'm struggling. Yep. I'm looking at the time. Just like you said, the mental, Yes. I, I could be doing other things. At the all same these time, in your head. that's a good thing because you worked that out, right? You found that out about yourself. Yeah. I'm not saying you shouldn't continue to try and do it because you you know, sometimes it's good to yeah. try and force yourself into a routine. Mm. However, you could also look at that 5Ks or 10Ks or whatever it might be, better use somewhere else in terms of, you know, maybe I'm better on a rower or maybe I'm better off just doing 30-second um, sprints and then resting a minute and doing Tabata's interval style, you know, training yeah. instead I, or resistance training. or Not that I don't know much about my own training uh, capability i guess mm. but i'm pretty sure running is not my forte yeah. or long distance should okay. i say yeah but um yeah like i love yoga i used to do a lot of yeah. yoga in the uk uh and you know partly because i had a back injury years ago i'm always conscious of aggravating it uh when i have done weights genuinely for a week i can't move everything's mm-hmm. tight sore sore or just like you feel no wrong. genuinely can't get out of bed and yeah. it hurts <laughs> And it's like, well, I've tried, but now I can't do anything. And so it's like chicken and egg. Yeah. You you try and then you either injure yourself or or you get the delayed onset um, inflammation. Yeah. And you're like, ah, okay, that's another week gone. Mm. It's, It's so hard to start. To sort of it, yeah, it is. And I mean, personally, I love doms. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like <sicker>. love. Yeah. <laughs> like if I am not feel, I did a thousand double unders in and amongst of other things yesterday and my calves today are like, 
one on fire. It's but it's great. one of those things I notice with people who enjoy training. They do have that. Yeah, I, I like. I, I'm in sore, this joking, yeah. but it's a little bit of sadistic. I'm gonna get a little bit of punishment. Yes. It, so there's something there, isn't it? That's I the mental a, switch yes. and kicker you need to turn on. You yeah. need to know that for every little pain, you know, that threshold that yeah, comes up yeah. is another notch forward, not backwards. Yeah. It's like, right. I love it. You, you, like, so, you like punishment, Jake. You just had another child. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's mental. <laughs> that's a lot of punishment. <laughs> yeah. So, I call myself a sucker for punishment. That's exactly what I call myself. And yeah. people that are like minded yeah. as well. It's like, yeah. you, you are a sucker for punishment because that's, for me, I have labelled what I do on a daily being my daily dose of discomfort because that is what makes me mentally stronger. It hardens my mind every single time I do a workout because the way I program is designed to harden my mind. It's Mm. meant to go through, like purposely going through struggle in order to overcome the struggle because then that can translate into other areas of my life as well. It's like the cold showers. I mean, Mm. most sane people (laughs) wouldn't choose to do that. Correct. And yet, you know, you well, feel so good a, afterwards, a fact, though. A factor that we can all put our hand up with, with a little bit of ownership here, is like lack of discipline. Yes. yes. Yeah. You know, some people's discipline levels are well higher than the other, but they'll still say, I've, yes. I lack discipline in certain areas. For me, that cold shower is discipline. If I don't do it, I'm ill disciplined. It's not a very hard task physically. Yes. And then I know that, and this is what I was about to tell you before, but I know after it, as soon as it's on and I'm in, it's done. Yeah. And as soon as I'm out, I actually feel amazing. And yeah. that's kind of like a lot of workouts. But the key point is is there's a level of intelligence there matched up with my discipline. The intelligence side of training for most people should be, how can I sort of override the non-enjoyment factor? Like, what can I cover it with? If like, you know, walking a distance, it, babe, we're going to go do this peak in, you know, on the weekend or whatever, that's covering actually a lot of calorie burn, a lot of working out, especially if you're carrying a little backpack with sightseeing, mm. with seeing the earth, appreciating the earth's surface, seeing some amazing views, taking the kids, taking the, some selfies. Yeah. But really, if you put on a heart rate monitor and, a, and whatever and you're grabbing your stats, it's actually a thousand calorie burn yeah, yeah. to work out. So what other things can I do that are fun? I have to install a little bit of discipline to get there. Yeah. But once I'm there, I'm there and I am actually enjoy it. And after it, I, I really do love it. Mm. You know, can you paddle around the you know, the waterways down here on a, on, a, on a kayak or something different. Can you paddleboard somewhere? Can you ride somewhere? Can you walk? I don't and know. then from those things, you start to pull out, okay, so to get better at those things on the weekend, what do I need to work on? So yeah, it might be my endurance. So they're your fillers through the week. So what am I going to do in the gym? So you train for purpose. So you train for the things that you really love to do. So that's how you find your why as well. It's It's like, what do I love to do and how can I better that? Yeah. So, and then you fill the gaps. You usually got to start slowly it's as like well. Study. If you start too this fast. This has become a, a self-help this, podcast. This, for, is, uh, for this is an intervention for Jake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scott's <laughs> looking at me like, this guy's a loser. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> to, like, to, project. To, to, let you, to let you in on what's going on in here, I want to grab you and say, I'm going to train you. Yeah. Like, that's actually what I'm thinking. I'm like, I could help you. I could really help you. And it takes someone to actually Should we do a podcast give... series on my transformation? <laughs> yes, please. You know, someone <laughs> well, giving a body by Jake. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Jake doesn't know about that. that. Oh, God. I love it. This has all been set up, hasn't it? We're in. We will speak for sure. 100% (laughs) we will speak. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about recovery a little bit because, you know, we touched on injuries or uh, those things that you guys have gone through where you've had the tendonitis, et cetera. (laughs) What are the things that you do on a daily basis apart from the cold showers? Is there any supplements you take or uh, stretching exercises? I am going to put my hand up to say I do not do enough recovery. Um, 
I really don't. And warming up prior to a workout is something that I'm only sort of just starting to make sure that I get into and really focus on because because of my previous injuries. Um, growing up, I never had injuries. I've never broken a bone. I've never sprained. Nothing serious like that. Um, I had a hernia from BMXing and that's about it. Yeah. Oh, I nearly broken coccyx. But anyway, never broken anything, never had injuries until, you know, two years ago. So it became evident that, you know, I need to do something. Um, and then I've recently, well, August last year, I've uh, hurt my knees. So I'm still rehabbing those. So it's really just about creating a um, consistent routine around your recovery processes, but I'm still figuring that out. Yeah. So well, we have nailed that, you know, one yeah. of, and I'm not just saying we nailed it, but the, um, one of the key timings for recovery is when you sleep. Yeah. So obviously if I can zero in on maximizing my sleep time and the, and the depth in which I can get to sleep, that's a very good recovery tool straight away. So having some magnesium, you talked about supplements, like having some different supplements that aid my sleep and get me some, some depth in sleep, especially mentally for me mm. as well. Like yeah. I, I'm, you know, a, a Jen will tell you as well. I've, I've been up, usually I'm up multiple times during the night, like up walking around, I'll go and eat, I'll do stuff and I'll come back to bed. And that's, that's a, a, a reoccurring thing that I have every single night. So having some deep sleep for me after training hard is super, super important. Mm. So I put my focus, concentration and knowledge towards getting some solid, solid sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I think we both are heavily into that because, um, and spend most of our time in the evening, uh, later half of the um, evening with recovery because yeah, like you said, we have our magnesium and we have zinc with that as well. But, um, then we go to bed and what we do, um, in terms of, uh, making sure that we do get a good night's sleep. It's like the salt lamps in our bedroom. We've got Sorry, uh, salt lamp, salt lamp. They're like the they the yoga like lamps. rocks yeah. and rock. they're red lights inside and well they're lights inside that sort of glow out red helps reduce a lot of what's in the air so yeah. it soaks up a lot of the moisture in the room that. yeah and they're just relaxing and calming as well calming. Okay. plus we've got um salt lab uh salt lab spray so it's a magnesium spray and mm. i generally spray that on my stomach it helps um slow me down in terms of just um relaxes my uh system as well and it helps me sleep the other senses being smell yeah so we've got some sort of um, candle, We've, we use the um, diffuser, yeah. you know, that lets off the scent yeah. in yeah. the room and then also audible. Same. So we, we sleep with nature sounds, rain on a tent or some sort of, you know. Oh, you guys. So we've got like, Siri speaker uh, in I mean, the room. it's a yeah, great right. thing, but most yeah. of us just sleep, you know, or it's just <laughs> yeah. an assumed thing that yeah. will happen, but many people struggle. Yeah. Yep. So you're actively trying to Absolutely. Yes. We love optimize so sleep. Brain, we run high speed. Yeah, our high brains speed. are always on. So for us to... For me, it takes a long time to get to sleep. So generally, as soon as that, if there's no sound, I can't sleep. I don't know what it is. I just need. I know what it is. Sound. It's our little Frenchie snoring. Oh, shivers. <laughs> oh, my God. That sound, on the other hand, I just, it keeps me awake. But with uh, Scott and Dutchie snoring, it's a bit of a nightmare. So yeah. if there's the nature sounds on, uh, I have my uh, meditation plugged in my ears, even with my earphones. Um, then I'm able to, I go to sleep straight away yeah, right. when I have sounds in the room. Oh. So and you also, and it's, white yeah. noise. You yeah. also get yeah. to learn that too much sleep is detrimental. Mm. Yes. Well. Yeah. More than eight hours I, I struggle. I do that. more than eight. Yeah. I so that's one of those, like food, you start to zero in. What's what's peak for me when, what timings I go to bed, timings I get up and everything I do in between. Yeah. 
makes my engine run better or worse. Yeah. And I know if I'm past five, five thirty max, I'm like gonna not feel good about myself. Yeah. You know, straight into that cold shower and look out. It's on. Yeah. I don't know if you can explain any of the physiology of the magnesium and the zinc. I mean, every other client I see in Sydney for injectables when I go through the medical history is on magnesium, collagen, mm. zinc, um, and you know, multivitamins. Sure, uh, occasional fish oil, but it tends to be zinc and magnesium. It's just like everyone's on it. Yeah, and I think there's just so much um, out there saying you should have magnesium to help you recover and all that sort of stuff. But it also does help you sleep as well. I mean, for most people it does. And you know, it's in a lot of other prescribed drugs and stuff yeah. for helping muscles relax. Yeah. And that was one of the key points is like if you're designing your own muscle, if you're building mass, right, I know that thing needs to tear your tear and that needs to repair. Yeah. I'm like, if I can, I don't want to wake up stiff and sore, you know, where I can't move and train the next day. So I'm like, if I can make this thing relax mm. without going too far, like, yeah, pop a volume, you're going to relax, but then I'm not getting up in the morning. No. Right. So you stay clear of those things. It's test and adjust. So what, what does work for me for deep sleep? I'm waking up feeling refreshed it's working for me i'm gonna i'm gonna go for it yeah, yeah. even if it is that you know uh what, what do you call it placebo effect yeah you well, know a, well placebo is real it's a yeah. real thing yeah so, i totally know that if you t if you tell yourself something that it's going to work mm. no, if it's a substance or if it's not or if it's just something that's you know mental then it's you know, somewhat going to work for but you. But also right? on that, we 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 cycle on and off any supplements that we yeah, take. Right now, Pro I'm not. proteins included. Yeah. So I won't always feed my body the protein powders yes. on and off, on and off, or I'll, I'll just supplement it with a different protein source. That's why they're called supplements. It's to supplement you maybe not eating enough protein. Mm. So upping proteins, downing proteins with food. Looking at that first before adding. Do you right. take any other vitamins or oils or? So um, generally, I try and get majority of my. Uh, protein sources and stuff like that through food. I don't, yes. I don't rate having too much, of, yeah. you know, extra supplementation. Um, things like greens and stuff like that I'm obsessed with in the mornings. It just helps keep me regular is number one thing. Um, but everyone needs extra greens in their lives. That's a drink? Yeah, yeah. It's like so, a spirulina. We yeah. have this little yeah. morning mix, Yeah. which is a, we squeeze a full lemon. Yeah. Right. Uh, this is, we share it. So it's a full lemon between, sometimes I'll put two in there. That is true. And then we put the powdered greens. So the super greens, super food greens. Is that that new zest? Is, who's that by? Which true one? protein. We're using true proteins at right. the moment. Okay. Yeah. Which is really good. And it, it mixes that into that really easily, which is good. It's not gluggy. Um, and then we also add a little bit of L-carnitine. Mm. It's just a, a branch chain amino acid that helps your body use fat as a fuel source. Okay. Right. So that's in there. And it's just, it's tiny little bit of um, white, white powder that disappears. Doesn't really taste like anything. Smells like fish. Um, and sometimes um, we'll, we may put in apple cider vinegar. However, I think that for me, apple cider vinegar is um, better consumed in the middle part of the day because mm. it's not so harsh on my stomach. Yeah. What's so, the purpose of that in your little concoction? Why do you add that? Alkaline or something? Or was yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Now you're talking, yeah, al yeah. alkalizing and, and acidic tables. Yes. And that for me always feels, you know, when you get that feeling, people might might connect with this is like you need a detox. What does yes. a detox mean to you, that word, right? And I'm just like, for me, it's like becoming like a fish tank. If my fish tank's murky versus it's clear, it's running nice, it's that fresh feeling, that's what detox is called. They're the words that sort of attach themselves to, my, to me. So I'm like, if I need a detox, it's it's alkalizing, it's upping the water, it's upping the greens, it's getting the, the lemon juice into me, it's freshening up and staying away from all, all the processed stuff. So yeah. I'll really go paleo type stuff and just like detox my body. Yeah, you can feel your hit. body Feels what nice. it's supposed to do. 
We're going to try and find someone to come on the podcast and talk about this stuff in depth because, you know, me with my doctor's hat on, we've got kidneys and livers to detoxify our bodies. It seems crazy, but maybe this is a too broad a statement that you should need to alkalize or acidify your body through something that you drink in your gut. Yes. Because your body's going to do that anyway. Yeah, true. Otherwise we wouldn't survive. Yes, but it's the uh, <laughs> things like, you know, the water through through our waterways and through, through, that come through our kitchen taps and yes. stuff like that, you know, that add to... But the things that also do that for us, the detoxifying internally, those organs take a hit Yes, by consuming other things like Correct. alcohol, for example. If we could, or smashing a in whole theory, have pills. everything neutral. Yes. You could understand there's less of a load on the body. Yeah. Well, that's the theory anyway. Yes. Don't know if it's true, but that's the theory. Yeah. Well, you would think. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's kind of giving the body a bit of a rest. And if I could massage those organs or bring them back to life, what, what can I consume to give them an assist in doing what they do better than the actual detox itself? Yeah. Yeah. Detoxifying myself is like what I consume for a while, mm. for a period of time, and just give them some healing power. You know, having all those multivitamins every single day and having all these powders and stuff, that's why you're going to cycle off them because your body is doing its job. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. trying to cycle through these things and it just gets tired. Yeah. So I was actually recently told that I was, um, my zinc levels were too high. Yeah. Right. So she's like, maybe it's all those zinc drops you've been having. Hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so she's like, maybe just lay off the, the zinc, keep your magnesium yeah, right. up, but just lay off the zinc because your body doesn't need it. You're producing enough yeah. naturally. This is my worry, you know, going back to people loading on magnesium every mm. day. You guys, it's possibly different because you're literally mm. using those muscles and you're training. You're not just the casual yeah. gym goer. Yeah. You know, too high magnesium, you could go into heart arrhythmia. Mm. If you had that much, yep. too little, same same problem. Yeah. So people just taking these supplements willy nilly, they don't realise right. that just because it's a supplement doesn't mean it cannot be dangerous. Correct. Hasn't that been the topic? It's so personalised. So that person might go to a green tea or some sort of nighttime tea or something yes. refreshing like that, which then helps them sleep rather than a supplement or a powder or something, which, like you said, could be. Mm. going the wrong way yeah. but i mean many many people don't test themselves on their levels exactly of course. and i cannot wait for the technology that's that's there for the user around instantly you. which is like on the iphone reading oh, yeah, yeah. On, you know like the movies you see where they you know they they go take a leak in the morning and next minute the computer's telling them hey yes you're this or that is too high or too low you yeah. shouldn't eat this the way people that are like diabetic medicine. they can just put little little pinprick yeah. them and it'll yeah. just go yep you need so, this this as that yes is that yes. Technology becomes better and user friendly. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be really cool. Hundred percent. So, do you think that people need trainers, especially when they're getting started, or do you think it depends well, on the individual? Some people, it is the best option. Yeah, <laughs> Jake. Yeah, yeah. And it's, but it's, it's, it's not. We're not going to build up that codependency. We're not going to build it up where you can't let go. Right. So, I do you um get take on clients to eventually send them off? Yes, so, that is my right. thing. Well, I think the best coaches make other coaches. Yes. Yeah. I right, need right. to impart my knowledge on you, and you need to grasp it. Right. right. I can tell if you're not soaking it up, you're just doing what I say. That's outside discipline. That's needed too. But mm. at the same time, it's like, do you understand? Yeah. Because I need, I'm trying to find my way inside your head to make you want to do it yourself. Mm. Yeah. When I've found the right switches and flicked them on, you'll find that I'm not needed. Most, yeah. most um, gyms teach their PTs client retainment, mm. which is important to the gym for income and stuff like that and business. However, it's not in your client's best interest either. You want to be able to educate that person enough to never need you again. Yeah. So 
in in that respect though they'll use you'll you'll be their coach for a period of time until they learn what they need to learn and then they may need to go to a different coach to learn something else that yeah. they need to learn so it's never about for me it's not about retaining it's loading them with enough information and knowledge about themselves dissecting their life to find out what works best for them so they can take themselves to the next level you know what jen and i do for a living right and we do every single day for clients who reach out is design interesting ways to train. Mm. So we've, we've, we've found the ways for them to train themselves and now they just need ideas, workouts. Hey, Scotty, I need a kettlebell workout. I need this, I need that. Can you design me four, six, 12 weeks worth of interesting workouts and I'll talk to you about it along the way. Done. That's perfect. That's where yeah. I want to see it. You yeah. know, I'm, it's I'm, also the accountability, I think. Yeah. You yeah. know, you, you can't not turn up to a PT session when Scotty's there going to beat your ass. You just yes. can't. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. And it's exactly. great for, for a period of time. Same as the military. It's just changing your environment, yeah. right? And our, my environment, the walls were tight, right? Left and right. You stand there with your feet together, whatever. You do that for so long, you're going to take on traits mm. of all of that, the environment and the people around you. So enforced discipline becomes self-discipline pretty quickly. Yeah. You know? Well, because then that's that other ticker that starts. If I don't do it, I beat myself up with stress because yeah. I know it should be done. I've been in an environment where I can see how good it is on progress and I'm not doing it. Now I'm kicking myself because I'm like, well, you're taking a, a lazy route or whatever, yeah. right? So then I go, I don't want to be stressed. So yeah. it's, 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 it's easier for me just to be disciplined and just stick to the plan. <laughs> um, something that we've spoken about with a lot of our guests, whether they be surgeons or psychologists or what have you, is just the role that social media plays um, in all of our lives, whether it be about the way that we look in terms of our face or our bodies or how wealthy we should be or how successful we should be. Do you find that social media is the double-edged sword where it gives people a unrealistic idea of how they should be, how they should look? Mm. And do you see it, I guess, impact your clients or the people that come to you or the, or the, or the things that you're seeing on a daily basis? Um, personally, I am very... Um, transparent on my social media platforms. Yeah. I try and be open and as honest and real as I possibly can be. I just like to, um, I never sugarcoat anything because I am who I am. And for me, it's impossible to be anybody else. Yeah. Um, but I can see how perceptions can definitely be um, limited and, you know, yeah. on social media. And people um, compare themselves to a lot of people. Yeah. Whereas I find that it's nice to have aspirations, yeah. but I don't believe that you should ever compare. I feel that your Instagram <clears throat> page. So whenever you or Instagram feed should be more like your wish wall or your vision board. Mm. So every time you open it up, it inspires you to be a better version of yourself. You should never compare and be feel like you're gutted for looking yeah. at something or um, feeling a little bit less of yourself. You should always feel when you open it up, oh my gosh, that makes me feel so empowered. I'm going to go and do this. Mm. Um, or this is a perfect way for, to, for me to start my day and those sorts of things. So it should always be a positive tool for you. Um, and I believe that we should all do a detox of some sort from mm. time to time with our social media, we should always go through and unfollow the accounts that are no longer um, so, uh, serving a purpose in yeah. our lives. So just because you follow somebody for one period in your life doesn't mean you should always have to follow them. And I think that it's mm. important to do that and, uh, w and you will know that. So when you open your phone or when you open your computer and you go, oh, I don't like the look of that, you should immediately just 
yeah. to that and not feel bad for it. Just let it go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We talked about codependency and how sort of deadly that can be, you know, whether it's your vice of chocolate or whether it is, it's just like, and you tell yourself, I need it. Like mm-hmm. I can't live without it. Our phones are definitely that, that item now, you know, that supercomputer yeah. that's sitting in your pocket that does everything for you. Mm. We just do need what Jen said, which is just to take it out for something. Yeah. Go to the shops and come back without it. At least that 20-minute period without day is going to break the cycle. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, a few points on social media. We, we're on social media all yeah. over it, right? I think so, everyone has to be. Right. Okay. And it's just we have to just draw the line between um, what's smart business-wise because yeah. that's the business that we're in um, and, and obviously being real. So yeah. you'll always find that what we write yeah. – writing versus pictures what we write yeah. is absolutely real it's raw it's it's tough yeah. truth it's it's whatever it is the pictures have to follow a little bit of business as well yeah. you can't put a boring picture on there and expect the business side to go well yeah. but i can put a really good picture and some really not negative but really harsh truth this is me pouring my heart out but i can't put that in a visual for yeah. you as such. Yeah. Does, that, does that make yeah. sense? So there's definitely a good mix there. Yeah. That's our profile anyway. Yeah. You know, a lot of other people out there, and that's why you've got to be so careful is because people can be anything on social media. Yeah. And the first um, challenge that I talked about with face-to-face clients is cutting away the perceived limitations. So cutting away and what other people think of you as well. Yeah. If, if you're already putting on the handbrake, we're in trouble. Yeah. Don't worry about what's going on next door. Remember, yeah. you've got your own vehicle. I've got my own vehicle. Let's just drive them around the track. Yeah. Right. So I guess it's for me, it's like I'm just trying to better the world. You yeah. Know, at the end of the day, it's like whenever somebody comes onto my profile, they are going to be loaded with value. Yeah. Because I have, it's, I want to be known for that person who, I'm stuck for a workout. I know exactly where to go. Yeah. You know, I'm there and I've given you that many options in terms of one workout that you can break it down and get it done. Yeah. So while also being able to provide value for, for people, I want to be able to educate as well. So, and I believe that I'm, you know, I'm really good at that through my social profiles because I'm able to provide that value because I'm passionate about what I do. Yeah. Um, and I'm passionate about my own inner growth, by, but because I'm passionate about other people's growth. Yeah. Yep. So for me, I rate social media. I think yep. it's a fantastic platform if you're using it for the, the right correct mm. um, uses. Yeah. yeah. Um, so something that you gave us permission to talk about at the beginning of the podcast was, um, I guess, your, well, Scott's first, I guess, dabbling in, um, I guess, cosmetic cosmetic injectables. Mm. And I think, Jenna, you've sort of dabbled a little yes. bit in the past. And I think it's something that there seems to be this divide between I'm all natural, I only go to the gym and I only eat, you know, paleo, wheat, grass. Like there seems to be like people are either like, it's like you can't be both. It's like you can't believe in, you know, cosmetic intervention as well as like natural good health and living. Mm. And that's something that obviously we've spoken about with a lot of mm. a lot of um, guests in the past. But I think it's interesting to get your perspective on that. And obviously this is up Jake's alley as well. So Yeah. I mean, I think you've sort of touched on it that your your sole goal with what you do is to be healthy and feel good. Yeah. Looking good, of course, you're shredding and, and you've built muscle, so you look good as well. Mm. But what what were your motivations to to, you know, do that little tweak of whatever you've done? Yeah. Look, so I've had um Look, I'd have to say prior, it's probably been about three years since I've been getting um, injections in my forehead. Mm -hmm. And I initially started that because I'd always been very self-conscious about um, the amount of lines that I had in my head. I just found that I've got my face is uh, the thing that people see the most. Yes. And I want it to be, I still want to it to be uh, there's movement and and natural and all that sort of stuff there. Yeah. So, but it was just I wanted to remove those lines. Yeah. So I 
explored. Yeah. I explored. And when I did explore, I was like, okay, I like this. I think this is fantastic. I still look like me. Yeah. Um, and everybody is different. So for me, I wanted it to be natural. Yeah. And that's exactly what I got. And it's exactly why I continue to do it. It makes me feel really good about myself as yeah. well. Yeah. So. And for myself as well, and he knew new to the whole thing, yeah. getting a little bit done in my forehead. Yeah. Um, it was it's more about you can't tell people that you're real and raw and mm. put things out there about being yourself and don't worry about yeah. other people and then not do it yourself. I know who I am, right? And I chase peak performance. Like if I think a pair of shoes are going to help me lift more, guess what? I'm going to buy them. I don't care how much they are. I'll buy this. I'll wear that. I will listen to this. I'll smell that. I'll do anything that I can to get the most out. And that that's in, across my whole life and it always has been. Yeah. You know, the things that I buy, the things that I wear, drive, live, look. Mm. That's that's absolutely one of my key things and I'm, I'm allowed to have it and I'm going to have it. So for me, I you know, again, it was a little bit of fixing for myself backstory. I, you know, during my school sports days, I fell asleep on the beach and got really, really sunburnt mm. and put a massive crease in the healing process of my brow. And then, you know, I'm pretty high speed. And I've always got my eyebrows up constantly, <laughs> like to make those buggers relax on their own. <laughs> just need a little bit of help. Well, what are that? Because what, Jenna just makes you <laughs> shocked and surprised all the time. Yeah, my eyes are wide open well, all the time. What do you call that? Your cave, my cave. Yeah, yeah, I was running tours in the in the canyon. <laughs> it was, you know, you could, I could have hidden in there for cover and taken fire from there. So, <laughs> oh, okay, joking aside, particularly for a guy, um, when you've got low body fat, you do tend to see a lot more going on on the face, particularly you know across the cheek where you've got very low body fat. It can make athletes look more tired. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, okay. Very gaunt. Yes, yeah. uh, which is you know it's fine. It's it's natural, but. Yeah. If our goal is to look refreshed or not necessarily youthful, you guys are young, but, you know, just that little bit better or feel better about yourself so you don't look tired, Yeah. then these things are simple interventions uh, and That's right. I'm not accessible. sure why there's that um, stigma. stigma behind it. I just, I'm, I'm confused by it. Um, and it was something that was definitely stopped me from even speaking about it initially when I was first getting it done because... Um, First of all, I I was doing it in secret. Only one of my best friends knew yeah. that I was doing it and she came along with me and we were getting it done together. Um, but it's about what people think about you. Yes. You know, if you do get it done, but why? Why, why does that even matter? Yeah. And now, I, I, to be honest, without being sounding too harsh, I couldn't care less what people think of me. Yeah. I do the things that I do to make me, myself feel better about myself and that's right. why I train the way I train because it yeah. makes me feel better about myself. Yeah. I think that um, the, the stigma or the taboo of it all is because the media loves a negative story mm. um, and they always want to portray the worst, the most extreme. So if someone goes over, it's like anything, right? If you drink too much water, it will kill you. If you yeah. do too much of anything, yes. it can look bad, not be good for you. So if you have someone that's had all these cosmetic injectables done and, and they look ridiculous, that's yes. going to be the image that the media will then put up and go, you know, when cosmetic injections go wrong. And then that becomes like the thing, well, I don't want that or I don't want my wife to look that or I don't want my husband yeah. to look like that. So I think that's where the negative connotation comes from is the portrayal of all the extreme negatives. Yeah, that's right. I Would mean, you agree, Jake? As well, well it, it's so easy to spot the bad work. Yeah. We've all seen the celebrities and the Michael Jacksons and yes. whoever. It's just so obvious to anyone. Anyone would know they've had something done and it looks ridiculous. Yeah. Whereas the people who've had great work, you just don't notice. You don't talk about it. So they, you know, these few examples yeah. get hung up as as the norm almost. Yeah. Because yeah. the only thing you can you're spot. You're right. You're so right with that is that it goes from 
from zero to so extreme and then that's what people think that that's what it is all yeah. about, is about yeah. the extreme. Yeah. It'll be like, I don't want to go to the gym because I don't want to look like a bodybuilder. Well, that's <laughs> right. It's like, well, why? I don't want to, I'm a female, I don't want to get muscle. So yeah. a lot Just because you go in and live a five There's a lot of different things here where people tie that to who you are, not an event. Once again, I think I've said this earlier on, it's like getting it done for different, I mean, who's going to suspect or, or look at my character, you know, as historically, okay, you're the commando. Are they going to be looking at my furrow going, do you think he's got something done? Like they've already <laughs> told themselves, no, no effing way. Yeah. Like that guy's not anywhere near it, whatever. Like they've convinced themselves, yeah. you know, of the whole story that they tell themselves. So yeah. different people are, un- you know, fortunately or unfortunately in different positions where people look at them straight away. Yeah. yeah. It's because of the title they hold or who they hang out with or what job they're in. Yeah. Obviously get that, yeah. you know, eyes on straight away. But like you said, or like I said, no one would know. For myself and what I do it for is just like a it's massive often a line, exactly. a line. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I just need a, that line to disappear. That's that I see in the mirror every day. Yes, you yep. know I work so hard on everything else that I have. I'd like that line to disappear. Yep. Can yep. I do that safely and can I do that in a healthy manner? That's not yep. gonna. I mean, go bad. It's like yeah, because you're really only just telling the muscles to. To relax. relax. And yes. so what's what's the difference between that and getting laser hair removal, for instance? I mean, we do that to yeah. for convenience. Or wearing makeup or getting or wearing makeup. Or- That's exactly right. right. Yeah. So we do those things to make ourselves feel good, right? Yeah. So I'm glad you opened, Scott, because you know we're seeing more and more straight guys come to see us and there's nothing wrong with it. They're they're you know, professionals or, you know, come from all walks of life and, and their goal is the same as exactly what you've just said. Look, I've got this one annoying line or I've just got a really bad frown. Yeah, I don't really care about everything. I just want to look a bit refreshed, a bit better, less angry, whatever it is. Yep. And and they get that with That's right. literally I'm, a handful of injections yeah. three times a year, done. Yep. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to be wearing, you know, and, and it's nothing against this either, but I'm not going to be wearing a dress and heels next week. Like I'm not, it's, it, you know, people just associate so many connections. It's a very with, scary image that I just had in yeah. my life. Yeah. <laughs> he's got just, really nice legs that so <laughs> he could do it. I did see your face. I'm like, yeah, he's thinking about it. <laughs> next, next Thanks, I can't sleep. Also, thank you. No, but you know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. You know, you, you we feel, if you feel great on the outside, you want, if you feel good on the inside, you want to look great as well. You want to, you want to, you you want to feel how you, you want to look how you feel. And Mm. sometimes when you exercise a lot or you, you have a low body fat, you look tired, you look gaunt, but you actually feel great. Mm. And maybe it's just about trying to bring the exterior and the interior into, into, you know, in equilibrium. I think I'm just so, I've always got such amazing expressions on my face and that's what growing up that's caused all those lines up there. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I think that's um, definitely what I wanted to, you know, um, like fade down a little bit. So. Right. So guys, just to wrap this up, we've sort of answered this, but I don't know if you can give us sort of a, a bullet point answer. What advice would you give to people who, you know, don't exercise regularly and they just need a bit of advice of, of, of where to go? Scott, you go first. A bit of advice of where to go. <clears throat> I think I did touch on a, a couple, but the first one is having a look in your current environment and how can I enhance that in an easy way straight away, like walking the dog, just adding a little bit of weight. Yep. You know, no one's going to... Simple tasks first. Simple tasks first, Don't exactly. Set your mind on the marathon tomorrow. No, exactly. I'm going to drive to the gym because it's not in range, but before I go to the gym, I'm going to just go around that gym block yeah. three times, next week, four times, next week, five times. Before I enter the gym, I'm just going to add a little bit to my already routine or if I'm not, like you said, not going to the gym yeah. um, and going out of my way to recognize that the environment I in the environment that I'm in needs a little bit of a change or enhancement. Yeah. So I'm going to look external straight away Just and it's, it's a good thing. A trainer, a best friend, a group, 
go. Excellent. Jenna, one last bit of advice. Sure thing. I'm going to stick with the external because it's something that I know that motivates a lot of people to become uh, interested and, and stay interested in fitness itself is uh, going to a group session or grabbing your best friend and going for a walk or taking your, your dogs out with friends and stuff like that. I did that on the weekend. That was so fantastic. Um, but, yes, group sessions you can't get enough of. It really does break the... Um, barrier and the the fear that a lot of people face when going into a gym environment, for instance, is going in, seeing how everybody else does it. And that's where you can find out um, more about yourself and how your body moves and what it needs to do in order to progress. So if you're going to a pump class, for instance, it's going to start teaching you what you are capable of lifting. Mm-hmm. Because if you walk into the gym floor, you will not know if you've never been before what weight to pick up unless you go and physically go pick yeah. it up and, you know, and test it out. But at least a pump class gives you that um, safe environment where you feel like you can start learning what your body is capable of and how you can push it going forward by yourself. Excellent. Mm. And how do people get in touch with you guys if they want to reach out and get a program or have a chat? Or um, I always say Instagram's like our business yep. card. Okay. Um, so, well, I think we both have our links, our link trees, or our links in our bios to our emails and those sorts of things. That is the best way. Or DM us through Instagram, and also has links to our uh, websites, which also have the contact us pages as well. So, you go straight to our Instagram page, you'll find everything else about us. So, Just our YouTube channel and give um, us your Instagram handle: uh, Jenna Louise underscore J L. And mine's Scott Evanet, and it's spelled E V E double N E double T. It's the ones. Fantastic. Excellent. Thank you guys for coming up. Thank you Please, so much. I believe much. we're about to go to the gym and um, we are. <laughs> I'm fasting yes. from now. So if you don't see me again, you'll know what happened. <laughs> Jake's doing the podcast on his own. You're going to have doms for the next yeah, week. Good. Yes. It's the start. Jake's coming. Magnesium toxicity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jake just joked that one off. Jake's yeah. coming. I'm coming. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Thanks, team. For our latest news, upcoming episode information and mini video clips of our guests, you can follow us on Instagram at inside underscore aesthetics. We've also just started a YouTube channel called Inside Aesthetics and we'll be uploading more content and longer videos in the future. 